I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 128. If you are prepared to take your mortgage business to the next level, there is only one place to go. I Love Mortgage Brokering with your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here from I Love Mortgage Brokering. Today on the show, I have Aleem Shahrahan. He's a mortgage broker out of Calgary, Alberta. I've been a broker for four years. And we talked about a few things. He talked about how he's used videos and what's worked and what's not to stand out in his market. He shares about how he's got a marketing team that helps him build his business. And he's a huge sports fan and how he attends live events as a way to sort of reward himself for his hustle. I think you're going to enjoy this episode. This episode is sponsored by Pioneer West Acceptance Corp. Pioneer West is a private lender in BC and Alberta. Normally when we have sponsors for the show, it's because I personally use their product or service and I can give it a 100% recommendation. In this case, it's a little different. I decided to do some background checking on the crew at Pioneer West and I found that everyone I talked to said they were fast, down to earth, and they underwrote deals if they made sense, which is exactly what you're looking for in a B lender. Another cool thing about Pioneer West is they still have money to lend. I've been hearing a lot of lenders are running low on money, not these guys. So if you're a broker looking for a do a B deal in BC or Alberta, check them out at pioneerwestacceptancecorp.com and check out this episode with Aline. Hey, Aline, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Scott. Appreciate it. So how did you get into the mortgage business? What was your path to this great industry that we're in? I kind of honestly just fell into it. Uh, growing up, I always wanted to be in investments, and I was in the bank for about 10 years, and I was lending during the boom as a senior account manager, and yeah, I literally just fell into it, and lending became my specialty. You've been in the business for four years, so then what made you decide to leave a salaried position to get into commission? Uh, honestly, it was just the limitations on what I could make. I was just tired of you know, someone saying, well, you did all this right, but you didn't do this. So we're going to limit your bonus or here's where we think you should go or, you know, they're kind of dictating my path uh, instead of working with me. So I wanted to have uh, more autonomy in what I was doing. And here I am. Did you, did you have kind of a plan or anything when you went, made this switch from salary to commission or did you just jump in both feet? Like I jumped in, I worked about, well, I work better when I'm thrown into the fire. So that's what I did. <laughs> Right. And so you had an understanding of lending. And then so how was the learning curve going from working at one institution to basically having access to dozens of them? It was still a big change. You know, we're all creatures of habit. Well, at least I am for sure. So, you know, the first thought would be, well, this bank could do it this way. You know, you always go back to what you know. You also know everything about one lender, but now you have access to all of these lenders in front of you. Um, and then obviously there's a new system in place where you knew the past one and now you have to you know, to a certain degree, learn this new one as well, how to submit and, you know, what works and what forms uh, certain lenders need for maybe a rental offset, uh, so on and so forth. So in your first year, how did it go for you from jumping into this new thing? Actually, it wasn't too, too bad. You know, I, I don't think I did horrible. I The main thing is I just reached out to everyone I knew and, you know, I, I was still in the same industry, quote unquote, right? Still lending, things like that. So it wasn't a, a massive change or something out of left field. It was just that I went on my own. So it was an easier transition than I thought it would be. And did you have any mentors or anything that kind of helped you kind of figure this business out or how, did, like, what, what, what did you do to, because like, like this industry, like financial planning has a high failure rate in the first couple of years. So what did you do to kind of mitigate that? So I, I went in, uh, actually had a, uh, one of my clients slash friends who was at a brokerage. And uh, so that's kind of how I went into it. And I learned a little bit of the basics at that point through that. I didn't really have a plan in place or what I could do or, you know, things like that. Looking back, that's probably something I should have really reevaluated. I was a lot younger then. <laughs> so I thought I could take it on. Yeah. So I didn't, I did, honestly didn't really have a, a laid out plan or structure in place. I kind of jumped in, which looking back, if I'd done it a little bit differently, you know, maybe a little bit more successful than I am right now. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I, before we dive into the rest of your story, I always like to ask about a success quote that's had an impact on your life or business. I love how quotes are memorable, they're portable, and I kind of use it like a compass to keep me on track. So was there a quote that's really had an impact on you? Yeah, it's uh, Michael Jordan's. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I failed over and over and over again in my life, and that's why I succeed. Okay, did you just do that from memory, or did you have written down? No, I wrote it down. Okay, I'm like, dude, that was pretty sick. Because, but, but that is a great quote. So the idea that you have to, not everything's going to work. So this actually ties into my next question, which is about failure. I know that successful mortgage brokers, entrepreneurs, failure happens. So can you share something that maybe a shot that you took that you missed, but then the and the lesson that you learned in it. Well, it, it's kind of a daily thing, you know. Even with my marketing strategies, you know, should we try, you know, reaching out and boosting posts and getting to different markets or should we, you know, try a different form of marketing? Just trying, like you're almost throwing darts at a wall because no one's really gone into this with a plan or something in place, knowing that this is kind of what works unless you have, you know, a whole backing of cash behind you and you want to do some Google AdWords and go against, you know, the big banks, the big brokerages, uh, so on and so forth. So, you know, I'm always testing new theories out. So what's one that you tried that didn't work? So give me an example. In- Facebook, for sure. Like, so not Facebook in general, but trying to boost a post or get out to other individuals in different markets, in different areas so that are popping up. And also pushing a YouTube video over the net so that it would pop up as an ad prior to someone else viewing. Mm-hmm. Um, I did pour some cash into those two things, but I didn't see a return on it. I mean, those funds could have probably been used elsewhere more efficiently. Right. So on Facebook, what did you boost or promote? I have a series of YouTube videos. So I was posting some of those videos, you know, why to use a mortgage broker. There's other ones on commercial lending, buying a second home. So we picked a, a couple of videos for certain areas for like, for example, the BC market. And we tried to push it out into those areas to see if, you know, clients would maybe pick it up and, you know, give me a shout from it. But that didn't work. And do you still do the videos? I still do them. Um, I use it as a, ref- as a reference point just to differentiate myself a little bit. I kind of look at it like, you know, the realtor needs to know your purchase price, but we need to know your financing. So if you were to, for example, to in- to refer someone to me, you know, who's a lean? Like, why should we go see him? Well, you can go take a look at some of these videos, you know, see if you have some comfort level of having a conversation with me to disclose some of this information, which sometimes is just over the phone, really, if we're under the gun, more over email. So... I still do the videos and I'm going to expand on that uh, for sure. Have you got any business from using videos? I, I don't know if anything's come because of the video specifically to a new client, for example. But if someone else is referred, I've definitely noticed that clients have may have chosen me over someone else or given me a shot because when they call me, they're quoting the way the verbiage that they're using has come from the videos. Right. I, I've done videos in the past and I found the same thing. People would show up and they'd almost act like they already know you. It's almost, they've got this like, eh, and you're like, this is so weird because I don't know you at all. And you act like they feel like the relationships sort of already started, even though you've never met them before. So that's a powerful thing about video. Because it's daunting, right? It's a big thing for them. They don't know some of the questions to ask if they have a comfort level with you. Um, you know, they're more open to asking questions and, you know, going forward and maybe knowing you, like you said, when they walk into your office. So then the failure was that you tried the boosting and that that wasn't working for new business, but it certainly was helping you solidify the incoming referrals that you were getting. For sure. Yeah. It wasn't two points. It was maybe one point or something. If we go back to the basketball analogy. Yeah, definitely. But you keep pushing through and, you know, I have enough testimonials from other clients and stuff. So it de- I think it's a, a definitely a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. And so now I want to ask about, I noticed that in business, there's kind of three key things that are critical. You need to have sales, you need to have systems, and you need to have people. So I'm going to ask you some questions about those things. So on the sales, well, actually we'll talk about the system side. So 
to me, I define systems as things that kind of run in the background, the way you communicate with your lenders. Or So can you share something in your systems that you have changed or improved in the last year? In the last year, I've uh, dumped into the CRM uh, boat or bandwagon, I guess. Um, one thing I would have probably changed going back is, you know, starting that off the hop. It's very powerful. I think that you need to be in front of your clients or touching them a few times a year. You probably got a client because they weren't being touched or called by their own bank or financial institution, right? That's one of the reasons you got them. Once you do get them as a client, staying in touch with them is a massive, massive item just to know that you're still there for them. And things change. You know, I think 70 to 80% of mortgages break in the third year. So staying in contact with them, making sure that you're front of mind, powerful tool. What did you do previously for your CRM and what are you doing now? So previously, I just used the DLC. You know, we get, we have the email address and the, mm-hmm. um, and the newsletter comes out. So I primarily based it on that. But now I'm starting to pick up the phone, call on anniversary days, call on birthdays, or at least send an email. I want to try a new uh, mailing campaign, which I may implement this year, but it would go out at certain times that are different. Like, you know, I'm not saying Christmas is not a bad time, but maybe, you know, on St. Patrick's Day, sending a lotto ticket or something like that. Something that at that point, they won't be bombarded with mail from anyone else. So you may stand out. Right. One of the things we've done in the past is a, a Thanksgiving pie giveaway. So we, instead of like giving away a poinsettia during Christmas, because, you know, everybody's kind of running around and they're busy. So we do it in Thanksgiving. Um, and it's been pretty good. You kind of get all your clients to pop by your office to pick them up. So then you they, you get to see a bunch of, you know, hundreds of your clients come by and you say hi, and give them coffee and Okay, so are you a what's your set current setup of your office? Is it you? Do you have a team? It's just me. Okay. And then so how do you have any people that help you with any parts of your business and what do they do? Yeah, I have a marketing team. I'm not very well, I am creative, but I'm putting something together on that's on the back end of things and you know, making it look nice and wording and all that is not my specialty. So I have a you know, I have a team behind me that I've hired to, you know, create daily posts. I send the content to them. They make it fit for what we're trying to get across. And also they look at it from a different point of view. We're in this every single day. So we, the way we're thinking may not be the way a first time home buyer's thinking. And you know, when a marketing guy is looking at it or a different person, you know, they're making it so that they would understand the content that's coming out for them. Right. And so what are they creating blog posts, videos? What is it they're doing? So they help me with the video posts. I create the content, but then, you know, they'll obviously tape it and edit it and do that stuff for me. Blogs I have, you know, they may reword a couple of things or tweak it a little bit if it's too wordy, but other than that, it's there. And I do post something every single day to my Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Google Plus, just to be front of mind. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, I may send them an article or I'll send them a list of stuff that's going on that week. And then they'll pick and choose a couple of articles that they think is relevant and uh, put something together for it. Cool. And is that an expensive thing to get done for you? Well, I've been working with these guys for a long, long time. So it, it, relative to what I get in return, I don't think it is. I've had even a client, I post every single day, like I said, you know, and someone, had, well, a client now just uh, happened to be in the market for a mortgage and saw one of my posts. It just happened to be that I post every day, but now it was relative to their life and they picked it up and a new deal came from it. You know, had it not been there, God knows if I would have got the deal, they would have walked to their bank or maybe use someone else. It also reminds other clients to refer or friends to refer you. You know, someone's always asking maybe, you know, I need a mortgage or I'm thinking of buying this. Well, go see Aleem or, you know, ask him. We used him, things like that. Do you post this on your personal or your business page? Both. I don't differentiate the two. Pay- I have a business page as well, but I post to both. Mortgage is part of my life, you know, as so sports and things like that. So it kind of gives clients a background and friends as to who I am. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, that's cool. So they basically help you with the ongoing communicate outward communication. And so how long have you been contracting them to do that for you? 
probably two or three years now at least. That's cool. Yeah, it's good to, to you can't do everything. And so it's kind of, it's important, I think, to pick the few things that you are good at. And obviously writing mortgages are the most profitable thing you can do. So for sure. And I, I'll add on the fly if something comes up, but there's some days where you're so busy then you're thankful that thing went out because you would have probably forgotten. On the sales side of your business, can you think of something that you've changed or improved in the last three to six months? Yeah. So I've been more apt to reaching out to clients and keep them up to date on their applications. You know, so it's a big thing for them. They're already, you know, to a certain point tripping out or scared when the app goes in. They're wondering what's going on all the time. So I try to do as much as I can to keep them up to date, especially on a daily basis. You know, if I, if I can, even if there's no news, just reaching out to them. Uh, one thing I have decided to change in the last few months is I'm actually, if you're a first time home buyer, I'm going to make it a point to sit down with you at some point in the near future. I think it goes a long way. I've actually, I think I've lost deals by not sitting with them or not forcing the issue of a meeting um, just because they get all this information. You could have given it to them in you know the best way possible, but they still are hesitant. It's a big thing for them. It's a big purchase. You're a broker that was referred by someone else. You don't have this bank name under you when you're walking to an office that just gives them this sense of comfort. So one major thing that I've changed and I've noticed a difference already is sitting down with first time home buyers, like making it a mandatory thing to meet with them face to face. Now I have a question for you. So when some, if somebody says, what does a mortgage broker do? How do you answer that question? I have my sort of standard answer, but I'm interested to hear how you answer someone when they say, well, what does a mortgage broker do? Well, we have the tools to go out there and find you the best product and rate and lender. So, you know, you leave it to us. We're the expert here and we're going to go out to find you whatever that may be. And then I kind of break down the different types of lenders as well. So I've actually created a first time home buyers checklist so that when I sit with them, we kind of go through each point. And so they can start taking notes. They have a pad I provide them and they can start asking questions down the road or if they can ask it right away because sometimes things come to mind you know, after the fact. But I break down every aspect of what we do and what we're, we're doing on our back end, whether that's rate, term, we even have access to the banks. I tell them that up front. You know, it's not that I'm trying to avoid you to go there. It's just if it doesn't work or if there's a, you know, there's a reason we're not going there, I'll let you know why. So what is the best business advice you've ever received? Always do the best thing slash the right thing for the client. Sometimes for us, that means sending them back, you know, it's mortgage specific, sending them back to their bank or their lender for a renewal, or maybe, you know, we reach out to our network because we can't do a deal. Um, but, you know, some other lender can that we don't have access to, and we have to place them with them. You know, if we think short term about this, you're not going to stay in the industry very long or in life in general, you know, good things will happen. The clients will remember that you did the right thing for them. And I think that bodes well for your future and they'll keep you in mind going forward. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Dustin Woodhouse. He always says, win the client, not the deal. Yeah. And think you're thinking long-term lifetime value of a client, not just, okay, what am I making today? Yeah. Yeah. This is our careers. We've got to think a little bit long-term about this and build a future with it. Okay. One other question before we move to the rapid fire questions. What Can you share one thing about yourself that you can't find on Google? I don't know if you'll find this. I'm a crazy sports fan. I love all sports. <laughs> NFL, soccer, hockey. I play a lot of sports. Yeah, I'm just a, a massive sports fan. I love animals too. I just got a new puppy, 14 weeks. Louis, looking at me right now. Louis. Louis. He sounds like an Italian mobster. I was kidding. Louis. So, and, so do you go to a lot of sports events then? 
I do. I've been to a few football games where I've been. I've been to Dallas Stadium in the UN. I've been to Bronco Stadium. I've been to New Orleans. I've seen Manchester United Stadium. I should have seen a game there. Okay, last question on this. What's the most amount of money you've spent on a ticket to a sporting event? Oh, I've had box seats to the silver medal game at the Olympics. That was pretty cool. Was that expensive? Yeah. <laughs> I know that the tickets to the at Dallas game can be pretty expensive too. It wasn't too bad. It's just when you incorporate the whole, that trip ended up being a sports trip. It was a surprise. We ended up going for one game, but stayed in the week and we ended up going to the Dallas Stars home opener and the Dallas Mavericks home opener. So that was a pretty cool trip. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So we'll move to rapid fire questions. These you can answer with shorter answers if you like. What's the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? I think it's getting out of their comfort zone or fear. Like maybe doing a presentation. If you're not a good public speaker, you got to start somewhere so they'll avoid it. You know, if you're at an event, Someone like going up to a stranger, just introduce yourself. You never know what's going to happen. Following up with those people, you always get business cards. Do you, you know, do you go for a coffee, see what's up, uh, reaching out to old clients and making tough calls. Like even if it's a decline or whatever it is, don't avoid it. Just get to it, bang it out and move on. Right. Yeah. Otherwise it's like, it kind of messes up your whole day. Sometimes if you sit on those things for too long and then just get you like mess up your mojo. Yeah, for sure. What's one thing or habit you think's made you successful? Phone. Phone calls for sure, follow up uh, and phone calls. Uh, when I first went in, you were asking me what my plan was. I really just reached out to my old contacts, you know, and I reached out to, I created a letter. I reached out to him again. You know, I stayed on top of it. I called me back in a couple of weeks. Just keep on, you know, your old, your old contacts or your clients or following up with things like that. Just keep reaching out. And you know, unless they tell you to screw off, why not? You know, they're still giving, leaving that door a little bit open and never know what will come from it. Right. Do you have an internet resource or software program used to make your business more successful? An internet, my iPhone. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a that's fair. You know, thank God. Like social media is a big thing for me, and that's how I kind of kept my name out there and kept front of mind as clients, then friends. And if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? Well, if you're just getting into the mortgage world, I would recommend the Dustin Woodhouse series that's come out. Like it's some of it, you know, you may think is standard, but you don't think about it, you don't do it, and sometimes you need a reminder. In regards to life, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, small changes. Just, it's the premises around small changes daily, which would lead to bigger results down the road. And then last question, the DeLorean. Remember the movie Back to the Future? Yep. So if I could put you in the DeLorean, send you back in time to the first day as a mortgage broker and you could give yourself three pieces of advice, what would you tell yourself? Choose the right brokerage. It is massive. You know, from learning a new system to lenders, lender access to support, you know, if you, if you pick it wrong off the hop, and maybe I'm not saying you may change down the road, but getting the initial right brokerage off the hop, you may lose clients, you may refer, lose referral sources, you may lose possible trailers. Like that is a massive, massive piece, I think. Also have a marketing plan in place. You know, make sure you've, you kind of have something that you want to go off and roll out piece by piece over the next six to 12 months. And make sure you use your CRM right away. I kind of slacked off on that and I've been playing catch up the last year. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's pretty common. Well, awesome. Aleem, I really appreciate your time today, man. Where can people find you online? Uh, aclendinggroup.com. All my Twitter handles, everything's at aclendinggroup. So. Awesome. Anybody listening can check out show notes and everything we talked about at mortgagebrokering.com. Aleem, I hope you continue to crush your business, man. Appreciate it, man. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. If you do, you'll get three deals in the next week. Okay, that's not entirely true, but we'd really appreciate it. Also, you can check out everything at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. See you next week.